Bob Sewell. I'm a lawyer. In fact, I'm a partner at the law firm of Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. I started this podcast because my clients always ask me, is that even legal? I want to discuss on this podcast how the law affects us and changes our daily lives. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope it is meaningful to you and I hope you learn from it. Thank you. Today on the podcast, we have Krizia Verplanke. Krizia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Krizia, you are an employment law attorney at Davis Miles McGuire Gardner, and I have you on this podcast today to discuss the recent mandate decision by a COVID-19 mandate decision by the Supreme Court. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. I want to discuss the the some of our recent podcasts on this. We had a former solicitor general on the podcast and he discussed with us who normally does vaccine mandates. And during that podcast, we discussed that the police powers are normally held by the state and then the state will delegate some of those police powers to local municipalities. And that's how we get vaccine mandates. And so the federal government doesn't typically do the vaccine mandates. And the reason why is they don't hold the same police powers. Those have been reserved to the states. Now, Biden decides he's going to turn this on his head, turn this on its head. And he wants to have people, more people vaccinated. And so he contacts OSHA and he doesn't order executive order OSHA. And OSHA, as you know, is designed to have workers work in safe and health, healthful working conditions. That's what the statute actually says. And they are to have regulations that are reasonable, quote, reasonable, necessary, or appropriate to provide safe and healthful employment, all right? So he goes to OSHA and he says, OSHA, create some emergency regulations to address this unprecedented COVID-19 problem, uh, this unprecedented pandemic. And they do. And it goes to... It goes through the process, hits the Supreme Court. And what does the Supreme Court say? Yeah. And so that's a really good summary of how we got to where we are today. And so um, yesterday, you know, the Supreme Court came down and looked at the OSHA guidelines that were put in place. And essentially, um, just as a quick summary, those guidelines said, if you're an employer and you have over 100 employees, which is a lot of employers here um, in the U.S., your employees have to either be vaccinated or they have to test for COVID um, to enter the workplace. And so, so the Supreme Court looked at this and at the end, they determined that this was beyond the authority of OSHA. Um, and so they didn't say it could never happen. Um, what they did is they re-implemented the stay, which said it can't be enforced yet, and sent it back down to the lower courts for further determinations. And also, 
kind of gave OSHA a little bit of guidance about what its current rules were missing and why um, it re-implemented that stay. All right, let me push back on that for a second, okay? Before we get down to the nitty gritty. The, the rule was if you're an employer and you have over 100 employees, your employees either have to be vaccinated or you have to test them weekly or they have to be tested weekly. Right. And then the presumption was if they are neither of these things, then you fire them, right? That's the presumption. Right. Well, essentially it puts employers in the position where you can't allow your employee into work. So the, the down the road end of that is if Bob, you're refusing to test and you're not vaccinated and you can't work. Yeah. You're probably going to get fired. Okay. So what bothers me is every, with the Supreme court decision is every worker is exposed to to uh, COVID, right? I mean, we're all exposed to COVID. We're all going to be uh, potentially a victim of the disease, right? Right. Um, And that's what the Supreme Court pointed out and essentially said, OSHA, everyone, you know, even if I don't work, I could be, don't work. I am not employed at all. I'm still at risk for COVID. And that's really what the Supreme Court honed in on is this isn't just a work-related risk. This is a risk regardless. You can go to a sporting event. You can get it going to the grocery store. You can get it going over to a friend's house. None of those are employment-related events. And that's where the Supreme Court came back and said, this is beyond the authority of OSHA to really regulate this and said, this is more of a public health concern rather than a workplace concern. Okay. So, but they took it one step further, didn't they? I mean, I could, I mean, if I go into my office, I'm going to be connected to people and I'm going to have, I'm going to have, uh, you know, inner office conversations and I will be exposed at the workplace. What does, what does the Supreme court think about that? Well, and the Supreme Court acknowledges that, but what the Supreme Court says is every job is different. You know, if you are um, a nurse, for example, your risk of getting COVID is a lot higher than someone um, who, you know, works in an office by themselves and, uh, you know, everyone's working remotely and they go in once in a while. Um, There's just a lot of different exposure risks or, you know, the Supreme Court actually references um, lifeguards, you know, lifeguards and linemen and says, you know, they have a lot less of a risk than someone than some of these frontline workers who are in the hospitals or meat packers and are, you know, shoulder to shoulder, constantly interacting and talking with people. And that's what the Supreme Court said. You know, you need to put some better exemptions in um, to really differentiate between people who are actually at risk because of the nature of their employment and people who are at risk just by living in today's world. Yeah. I mean, they had an exemption, right? They had an exemption. They did have exemptions and the Supreme Court essentially laughed at them and said, yeah, you have exemptions in here, but they're not real Um, because the exemptions were, if you work fully remote or if you work 100% of the time outside, And the Supreme Court looked at this and said, you know, even the jobs that you think of as outdoor jobs, 
they have offices, you know, they clock in, in a building, you know, there's a lot of things where they're not hundred percent outside. And so the exemptions are so broad. And so you, or I guess not broad narrow and don't take into account the specific circumstances of people working that in reality, they're not exemptions at all. That's interesting. So what does OSHA do now? If Biden wants this mandate, this COVID-19 vaccine mandate, does OSHA just give up now? Is it over for them? What are their options? Yeah. And so giving up is an option. They could look at this and say, we don't want to fight this fight anymore. Supreme Court, you said, nope, our rule wasn't good enough. And they could walk away and let it be. Um, What I think is probably likely to happen is we're going to see OSHA actually go back rewrite this rule and regulation to put out, be much more specific in who it applies to, what employers need to mandate that their employees are vaccinated, um, which types of jobs is the risk of getting COVID actually a workplace hazard um, that needs, you know, you need to look out to your employees for. So I'm thinking hospitals, the Supreme Court specifically referenced them. If you're a researcher researching the COVID-19 pandemic, you'll probably be required to. So I think we're going to see OSHA try again and be more specific and try to make it fit within its, you know, rulemaking authority. No, I I tend to agree. Uh, I was surprised when the rule didn't have any more tailoring than it had. They seemed to just put it out as this flat mandate and said, We'll see what happens. We'll throw mud at the wall. When we knew that it was going to be challenged and we knew there was going to be a lot of pushback. So they need to do a better job. They didn't. If they wanted to get that vaccine mandate through, they didn't do the right job. Let me ask you another question. Because one of the problems is there's a lot of people who want to see a vaccine mandate. This is may not be what people want to see in more conservative states or less populated states, but in the highly populated, more liberal states, they want to see a mandate. Are are we going to be seeing that? Yeah. And so, you know, the Supreme Court ruling, you know, in reality is really narrow. It's about this OSHA regulation that was issued and whether OSHA could federally um, implement this rule that would have a national impact. Um, I think what we're going to see now is, you know, if OSHA doesn't do something else, we're going to see, you know, a lot of states starting to implement vaccine mandates kind of similar to this, or even at the local level, you know, some counties um, have done similar things before at the beginning of COVID as far as mask mandates and things like that. All of that happened at the state and county level. And I think now that this federal vaccine mandate um, isn't going forward as we anticipated, I think we're going to see the vaccine be treated a lot like we saw mask mandates being treated, where it really varied state to state, um, county to county, and even in some circumstances, city to city. That's interesting information. Let me ask you this. Practical, practical knowledge. If I'm an employer and I'm getting all these competing messages this mandate's not go. The mandate's not going to go away. We're going to try again. The mandate's gone away. What do I do? Yeah, and so that's really the tough part about this opinion is it creates a sticky situation for our employers. Um, so if you're a multi-state employer, to be frank, your life just got a lot harder. 
You're going to have to start re-monitoring, um, you know, state rules and regulations, local state rules and regulations. And, you know, in a, one location that you have, you might have to require vaccinations. And another one, for example, if you're in Texas, there's an express statewide ban on ma- vaccine mandates. And so you're going to have to be much more diligent um, working with local council on figuring out what should you do. Um, and that's really going to vary state to state, you know, county to county, city to city. But generally, I mean, you still can as an employer, especially as a private employer, if you want to implement this type of thing, you can. Um, But, you know, it's weighing that cost benefit of, you know, how is your workforce going to respond? You know, I have seen a lot of employers struggling right now, frankly, to keep people on or hire new people because they have vaccine mandates in place and they're struggling to hire. Um, And so there's just so many competing factors as an employer that you have to weigh. And so I think right now, the best advice I can give to employers, talk with an attorney in the locations where you have offices or are operating, see if there's any local requirements. And then you have to make a business decision about, you know, how you think your workforce will respond. And, you know, you can choose to implement um, a vaccine mandate if you want. But I think at a bare minimum, everyone should be following CDC guidance and then checking to see what local rules and regulations apply to them. Right. You know, I, I firmly believe they shouldn't just do this alone. Get good counsel. They have to have people who know that I don't have to spend a ton of money to figure out what they should do, but hire a good local uh, employment law attorney to advise you. I mean, this, this isn't a super costly effort to do, but it would be really nice to have that peace of mind for an employer. Right. And, you know, I've been working on the COVID-19 pandemic pretty much since it started advising employers, you know, and I'm a lawyer and I can tell you, it takes a lot of digging to find all of these rules and regulations and what applies. And, you know, there was times where I would spend my whole workday finding out was a new rule released, what is going on? And it was tough. And, you know, for employers, that's a lot of extra burden to put on them to expect an employer to know where to look, how it applies, does it apply to them? These things aren't written as clearly as they should be. It takes some legal interpretation. And so at the end of the day, I I agree with you, it's worth it to reach out to a local council. And, you know, employment lawyers are getting these questions all the time. Um, And so the cost of the employer is minimal because at this point, we're all employment lawyers are really monitoring what's going on in terms of COVID-19. Um, I want to address a myth that I've been hearing on occasion from employees and employers. And here's the myth. If I'm an employee, I go to work, I get COVID. My employer is responsible. That's the myth. Yeah, it, it's exactly that, a myth. Um, I personally advise my employers that the risk of that is relatively low. Um, what if you're an employee and you want to, to bring that claim, the standard would be so hard to, for it to really survive past the initial stages of a lawsuit. Um, just because, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you can get COVID from anywhere. I can, you know, be at the gas station. I can be at a friend's house. I can be at a sporting event, at the grocery store, anything, and I can get COVID. And there's really no way, unless you live in a bubble outside of work, and you don't interact or talk or 
touch or anything with anyone else except at work, I mean, there's no way of showing where you get COVID. And so, yeah, the chances of suing your employer because you contracted COVID are pretty much non-existent. Right. And, and your employer didn't cause the disease and didn't bring it in himself or herself, you know, they're victims too. So, right. Well, and the court at the end of the day too, is going to know like employers are doing their best right now. Um, this is new territory for everyone. This isn't something, you know, like, a a discrimination claim that everyone knows this is what you do or don't do. Everyone's trying their best. The rules are changing all the time. Um, and everyone's trying to figure out what should we be doing? And, you know, we haven't gotten clear answers and, you know, this is a prime example with this vaccine mandate. This would have been a clear answer to employers with at least a hundred employees. Here's what you do. And now we're back in that same gray area. So every, every employer is trying their best. They're trying to make the right decisions for their business, for their employees and a court and a potential jury is going to, we're all living through this and going to know there is no clear answer and employers are likely trying their best. So I want to discuss, Krizia, a separate case, just briefly a separate case involving the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And in that ruling, the Supreme Court discussed a different mandate. And they came up with a different result. Isn't that right? Right. And so, you know, it really ties in line with the court's ruling on this OSHA case. Um, So what happened there is there's a vaccine mandate that applies to essentially healthcare workers. um, And the court said, you know what, this is narrowly tailored. And, you know, this was issued by the Department of Health and Human Services. They ran that same analysis and said, you know what, this rule that was issued um, is within the authority that was granted by Congress to the Department of Health and Human Services. And so the same analysis was done here, um, but this CMS vaccine mandate was narrowly tailored um, and fell within the authority that was granted to Congress to Health and Human Services. So if I'm a healthcare employer, I will still have the vaccine mandate. Yeah. So if you're a healthcare employer, definitely look into see if you fall under that CMS vaccine mandate. And if you fall in there, then yeah, you need to be complying with those. And um, there's a vaccine mandate out there that's valid and enforceable. If I'm an employer and I want to get a hold of you to get some advice, how am I going to get a hold of you? Yeah, so you could get a hold of me by going on to the Davis Miles um, website. It's davismiles.com. My profile's on there with all of my contact information on there. Um, And so, yeah, that's the easiest way to reach out, um, to get a a call with me just to talk about your options and how you should be responding. Krizia, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Folks, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast, Is That Even Legal? A discussion of what's legal. Just as a reminder, this is not legal advice for you. This is general information. It's meant to be educational. If you have specific legal needs, don't be afraid to reach out to an attorney to get good legal advice. Attorneys are lovable. They're fun. They want to hear from you. See you next time.